Welcome to the Founders Community Podcast. I'm your host, Billy Bennett. Today's guest is Will Roman, founder of Chisos Boots. You can find them at chisos.com. That's C-H-I-S-O-S.com. And on the socials, you can also find this podcast for free on iTunes, SoundCloud, and at our website, thefounderscommunity.com. Let's get going. Will, welcome to uh, the show. How are you, sir? Howdy, howdy. Good morning, Billy. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you. Um, I, you know, we were just chatting before this, how I found you online. A friend of mine, a mutual friend, I think, had uh, had your boots, put them on Instagram. I took a look. I said, you know, these are pretty cool. Went down the rabbit hole, reached out. You're gracious enough to get right back to me. And here we are about five days later. So thank you very much for the quick response. And um, really, just let's uh, let's jump in. Tell the listeners a little bit about you um, and kind of the origin story of, of your brand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm actually a native Austinite. I was born at Seton hospital. Um, I, I remember reading some stat when I was a kid about like X percentage of people end up living within four miles of where they were born. And I was like, that's never going to be the case. And then I remember one day looking up, I was like, Oh, I'm 3.7 miles away <laughs> <laughs> from my place of birth. But, um, so uh, yeah, uh, native Texan, uh, native Austinite and, um, uh, this is, this is home. This is home. What else, what, what else can I tell you? Yeah. So, I mean, had you, so you've been, I was just telling, uh, we were talking, this is two year anniversary of the launch yesterday, November 1st, essentially of 2019. Right. Yes, sir. So I'm sure we'll get into a little, how, how interesting that was your first two years have been, but, um, had you always been doing this? Did you have jobs before this or how'd you take the leap into this? Yeah. You know, I, um, my mom is an artist and my dad is a small business owner. Um, and so I think that one of the things that I benefited from growing up is that there wasn't this um, destiny pre- pre- predetermined. You're going to go work a corporate job type scenario. It was, Hey, w- w- what can you create around you uh, that's valuable to other people? And so that is this like this subtle message that I got, you know, gr- growing up, whether I realized it or not. And so, uh, you know, my first, uh, I, I like to joke, my first business was a lemonade stand and there was a lemonade <laughs> stand down the street. And so I started giving away free pieces of artwork that I made if you bought my lemonade. <laughs> so uh, it's kind of been since the beginning. I mean, I've, um, I've, I've had, you know, uh, screen printing business when I was younger. I, I got into doing website design um, and, you know, worked in uh, the tech world for a while. I was out in San Francisco for a bit. Um, everything from consumer apps to big factory automations. And, um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's funny how, you know, going forward, it's, I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. And then you turn around, you look backwards, you're like, oh, there's a path here. I see this now. Like all those random things that I was doing, um, have kind of culminated in, in, in helping me be, be slightly prepared to, to run a, uh, a boot company. <laughs> nice. Yeah, no, that's impressive. It sounds like the sum of all those parts of those experience really helped you out. It sounds like you had the, the high motor energy, uh, from a young age too, with the lemonade and the screen printing and, and all that as well. I'm sure that contributed pretty <laughs> Yeah, but well at 35, too. it's starting to wane. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, did you, did you jump right in your two, two years in and, and, What's interesting, I really like, you know, I'm fortunate to live in Austin. For those that are close enough to drive here, could drive to the showroom. Looks like it's open uh, to go in there. But it's also e-commerce is a huge portion of the business, right, Will? Yeah, I mean, we're a local business that happens to operate online is how okay. I think about it. I mean, there there are, you know, I've, I've got 
um, associates and who who are who own you know eight nine figure businesses and 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 the well eight figure businesses and they're probably much more intelligent about how they run their businesses. Um, and for for me, you know, it's it's we're a part of the community here you know we've mm-hmm. we're we're friends with literally our neighbors that come in the the apartments around us the homes around us um we have a couple of big events every year we have monthly happy hours uh our our customers are really supportive of each other and you know we contribute back to some of the conservation in our in our great state and so the boots uh which you know are exceptional are are kind of table stakes they're like this vehicle that allows us enables us to do these other things you know i mean i live here i own a business here this is where i want to raise kids one day so this isn't a normal operation where it's like oh we're e-commerce and we're doing this and how do we eke out 0.7 more percent sales from our optimization you know this this is uh, much more long-term thinking no that definitely makes sense super beneficial though i guess as well for folks listening that that don't live here that can still order online though right yeah i mean look most most of our business is is still through the website of course mm-hmm. um but but it's i think it's more about the attitude to how we operate and how we um, c- kind of represent ourselves. You know, one of the things that's super cool is you, when, when you come to our headquarters mm-hmm. here in this month. South Austin, <laughs> yeah, South, South First is north of Ben White, y'all. Uh, you know, we have, uh, we do our own warehousing, which is here. We have our, we do our own fulfillment. Uh, we have our showroom here and we, you know, work out of here. And uh, a lot of, you know, an e-commerce first business, a lot of times they'll outsource fulfillment. Um, They're probably outsourcing even production and design. Um, And all these things are just separate little modules. Um, Whereas here, you know, you're dealing with the same uh, four person team that does everything. You know, I mean, we're we can talk about growth, you know, where there's four of us now. Um, that, that are, you know, you know, punching a little bit above our weight and very proud of our team. Um, but when you come in here, it's like the person that greets you in the front is the same person that's going to be answering your phone call and the same person that's probably packing your boots. Nice. Yeah, no, I really like the community aspect of that. Um, and love the happy hours really entrenched in the community. I drive by, uh, your, uh, uh, my chiropractors on stop first. So I drove. I drove. That's the first place I actually ever, or first time I ever saw that. Uh, was on there. So you got a really, really good location right there. Um, yeah, no, I'm definitely gonna have to have a stop by for one of those. Um, now, how how do you jump into this? I know you, you you liked it, but like, what did you? I mean, they don't didn't teach this to you in college and and in your tech <laughs> job. But how did you say? I mean, did you go meet like a, a shoe cobbler or uh, where do you start? Because this is just so unique. Uh, great question. Well, I mean, so. You know, I, uh, I rode motorcycles and, um, I used to lift weights and I had a, a, an act, a weightlifting accident and later motorcycle accident that really messed up my back. And, you know, being a Texan, I wear cowboy boots. And, um, even after messing up my back, uh, I would still go out dancing. And the, the problem with that is that you're, it's essentially just stacked leather and your heel is made of leather. The insole is made of leather and you're walking on concrete or hardwood and floor and if you've got a back injury, I mean, all that, you know, all those vibrations and that impact is, is, is really hitting the, your lower back. And so um, I would buy boots too big and I would put gel inserts in them and I was trying to figure all this out. And one day I was out in West Texas, which is where I go to recharge. 
and I, my back's killing me. <laughs> I was looking at my feet and I just had that, that thought, which is, man, how hard could it be <laughs> to make my own cowboy boots? Mm-hmm. Kind of famous last words, uh, uh, cutting to the chase is actually really quite difficult but i i went down to half price books and i bought boots on book making a uh, boot making and i looked online and then i started cutting open my own boot collection um which i know we're we're uh, we're doing <laughs> i'm showing right here for the audience you can't see but we have a one of our boots cut in half here uh, in the store that you can see and we have a we have a video online of us doing it uh, or of me doing it and and so I tried to figure out and I started to see, you know, my, my goal is to set out to make something more comfortable. And so I started reaching out to other Texas bootmakers and um, a lot of, a lot of them were hesitant. Yeah. Um, there's this, there's a strong competition in it. And so I ended up, you know, uh, finding my way down to Mexico. Um, you know, the boot making capital of the world in terms of handmade boots is down in the state of Guanajuato in the city of Leon, Mexico. And, um, you know, one, one of the things that I discovered when I started cutting open boots is that people are cheapening their boots, you know, I mean, it, the, the, we're not doing things the way they were done a hundred years ago anymore. People are, are big companies have been, you know, they're, they're run by private equity groups, right? So it's yeah. all about efficiency and say, like, well, maybe if we take out some leather here and put in some plastic, nobody will notice. Maybe if we make this 25% as thick or instead of using things like uh, sewing leather, 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 why don't we put some canvas in there? You know, it'll make it faster uh, to produce, which is all true. It's a cheaper boot, uh, but there's consequences to those things in terms yeah. of durability, but also just craft. And, you know, you go down there, there's four factories in Lyon. There's a little inside uh, knowledge maybe for, 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 for boot making is that you go to Lyon, there are hundreds of tanneries and hundreds of, of boot makers, shoemakers in general. But there's four factories that make 90% of the cowboy boots that you see in the United States. And they have 400 people on the floor. They're massive. They have automated machines where you just push a button and it will... Uh, attach the, the leather to the, the shape of the foot, which is called the last. And uh, all the major brands, uh, the mass-produced boots are coming from these, these four factories. Um, I didn't want to do that uh, as I, when I kind of found out about this. And I talked to some of the, you know, the, I went and met some of these people and I made friends with some of the workers on the floor who are actually doing the production. And uh, I found a small family-run workshop and they said, hey, why don't you come down here? And so I was down in Mexico for a, a total sum of three to four months, uh, nice. just just renting an Airbnb and learning the process and them showing me, here's how it's made, come and use the tools. And, and they do things the way they were done a hundred years ago. It's a small shop. And so they, they work, uh, you know, with these master craftsmen. And so, but I should have said, okay, this is great. We found the quality, but what if we focus on the arch? Uh, what if we work on the heel counter? How about we bring in some extra, you know, some of the cushion, you know, thank you, big athletic companies for the past 60, 70 years of development. Absolutely. And, and bring this idea of something that is comfortable to wear all day with durability and, you know, cleans up pretty well. You can wear it out at night when you, when you take the misses out on the town and um, they were willing to, uh, invest their time and, and, and knowledge into me and so we um this is still the group the, the you know the, these are the the guys that i work with now and i'll always work with um and so the the result 
of a Chiso's boot is kind of one of a kind right now in the uh, in the boot world. Nice. I like that. It really developed from a need that you had, right? You needed something to essentially allow you to keep wearing them without having pain, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and, um, I didn't set out to start a boot company at the time <laughs> I was, I was running, uh, uh I co-founded a, a cryptocurrency, uh, exchange actually. So a, a startup in the financial, uh, you know, technology space. And so this was kind of just a side interest that then kind of took over my life. <laughs> Those, I mean, that sounds like quite the partnership. Uh, I'm sure you're really close with them, having worked with them, spent that time down there. Um, that's usually the best stories, though, is how they organically form. And you got to not yeah. only get the get to design them to your uh, function needs to help your back and, and support, but you also got to design them, which leads me to, uh, you're out in West Texas. Did that have anything to do with the name, I'm guessing? Uh, oh, as yeah. As far as Jesus? Okay. You nailed it. You nailed it. Yeah. So <laughs> Jesus Mountains, of course, for the listeners, are out in West Texas. Uh, in Big Bend National Park, it's the only mountain range fully encapsulated in a national park. And uh, when you're out there, it, it, it's there's just something different about them, Billy. I mean, they they you're in the mountains. You've got the smells of pine and all the things that you would imagine in, in the mountains if you were in Colorado, say. Um, but yet it also smells like the desert. Uh, it's high desert out there. It, there's the sound. There's almost no sound. Um, and of course at night, the night sky there is, is spectacular. It's one of the darkest mm -hmm. skies in North America. Um, of course the McDonald observatory just up the road out there, but yeah, so I was, so I was, I was out in, in West Texas. And so that's the, I don't know, the Genesis for everything kind of started out there. And so if you look at our designs, every single one is based on West Texas. Uh, you know, i the boots are named in the order that they were developed similar to oil wells. So we have the Chisos number one, the number two, et cetera. And uh, the number one has the outline of the Chisos mountains actually stitched into the boot. And you've got the night sky on the back and you've got the sunrise on the front, which is also a little unique for boots. They usually reflect. Um, and all of our other boots, uh, every design is, is based on either the park itself, the mountains or, or, uh, or that area of, of Texas. The bottom of the boot was the, I'll just say the first thing that really stood out to me. I'm sure you hear that all the time, Will, but how you have the, there you go. The Texas outline right there. That is, that is so cool. My friend, well done. <laughs> I appreciate that you noticed that, man. Yeah. You know, yep. when I was, this is the thing about it is, is that, you know, getting into the design of this, I was like, oh, I'm just going to make the thing that I want. And one of the things for me is I don't want logos and all the stuff that I wear. I don't wear anything with logos on it. Now that I have choose those logos. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm very selective in it. Let's say it that way. And so there's, mm -hmm. when it comes to the, the boot, there's, there's this kind of this new thing now where they'll put the logo on the heel counter or they'll put the logo on the, uh, the rubber heel cap when you walk. And so we don't have that. Uh, our heel counters are completely clean. Um, and then instead of our logo on that rubber, you have the outline of the state of Texas. And of course we put our, we put our logo uh, we put Chiso stamped mm -hmm. onto the leather sole, but you know, you wear it for a week and that goes away and the boot is yours. That's the whole point is that it should reflect you. Those scars and those scuffs should reflect the journey that you take it on. You know, the boots don't need to be a walking advertisement. You know, you can buy one mm -hmm. of our hats if you, if you, if you want to, if you buy into what we're doing and that's great, but 
I wanted the boot itself to be unique to the individual, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to, you know, just, just one more place to, to stick a brand. Um, but you know, there's one, there's one caveat to that, which is that part of our uniqueness is that we have a red stripe at the yep. bottom of our heel. So the heel is made of stacked leather and then you've got uh, rubber on the bottom, which adds for number one for traction and also for a little bit durability. And we built in the red stripe, which is kind of the Chiso's calling card is that it's a little bit different and it enables you to see and notice other Chiso's owners on the street. Cause you know, we believe that, you know, the, the, the people that, that kind of buy into this and support us are a little different. And mm-hmm. they've got some a, a shared set of values. Agreed, agreed, yeah. agreed, hundred <laughs> percent. And I'm also guessing that because of the unique design, what what is the Chisos number two design? I told you I'm trying to pick between those two. Um, what what is number two? Uh, yeah. So this is uh, I'm pulling up on this uh, on the video call here, but I'll describe it to the for the listeners. So uh, there is a hike. Uh, outside of Terlingua. So you can drive into the Big Bend Park. There's also an entrance that you can walk into. Um, and it's actually really funny when you walk up to the fence. Um, you First of all, to get to it, it's behind a trailer park uh, in Terlingua. That's the only hint I'll, I'll give the listeners. And so you go out there and you find this entrance. You walk in and there's a, there's a little placard, you know, like six inches wide that just says, now entering United States territory. And you know, I, I always think, where was I? <laughs> but yeah. You know, it's federal land. And so back there, there's a hike. And on the hike are these old pictographs. So these rock carvings, uh, you know, that are over a thousand years old by the natives. And so I uh, sketched them and took photos of them. And then that design on the number two is my interpretation of what I saw uh, out in that area. So, again, every every aspect of the boots kind of harkens back to this this idea of, of West Texas. No, no, that definitely makes sense. How about the very front of the boot? Um, what, what is that design? Because I noticed, are they similar on the ones and twos? No, we actually have uh, two very different designs. Are they so, very, okay. Yeah, so you're right. You, yeah, yeah. So the number two is the one that's more of a geometric pattern and uh, matched with our, our, our brush off brown leather. So all of that mm-hmm. leather, you want, one of the things to throw in here too, is that again, we, everything has, we've, I've spent way too much time overthinking. Um, we don't use any juvenile leathers. We don't use calfskin. And that's what most high-end leather products are made with calfskin. And I went to some of the, uh, areas where they were har- harvesting the leather, you know, let's speak candidly where they're, they're killing the cows and, 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 uh, and taking their heights. And the process for calfskin was not something I wanted to be involved with after seeing it in person. Um, especially when you're, when you're talking about doing, you know, driving demand for the mass use of these animals. And so I started asking, well, what can we do instead? And so we found a family-owned dairy farm in Mexico where the cows have lived, you know, a, uh, their whole life. They've, they've gotten to uh, be of use. They, they get to eat grass. They get to have these, these you know, a fairly pleasant life, um, you know, for being a, a, on a, uh, a factory animal and just being transparent. But yeah. when they reach end of life, um, they're then processed generally for the secondary meat market and, 
those hides, uh, we show up and say, well, what are you doing with those? We'll take those. And it's a byproduct of a process that's already happening. So we're not driving demand for it, uh, for the animal. We're coming up and making use of the, of what is already being produced from a different process. And so you have to ask, well, why aren't other people doing this? Um, that was my next question. Yeah. Then, then there's two reasons. The, the number one reason is that the hides aren't uniform. They've lived a whole life. Some of them have brands yep. on them. Some have scars on them. They have stretch marks on them. And the old way of thinking was we want a perfectly clean piece of leather that looks pristine. Well, I think those things are interesting. I you agree. Know? Every single, right. So see, it's a, people who think the way you and I think it's kind of this, this new, this new approach of thinking, let's look holistically at this and what's going on. And so every boot that comes out uh, of a, a, every pair of Chisos is unique from the next pair from that case, just because of the way the leather is. Um, and then the second reason people don't use it is it's typically tougher. Well, it's also a little bit thicker. It's stronger. Uh, and, yeah. and so we, worked really hard to figure out, okay, how do we soften this leather up? And the result is something uh, that I think is very unique and it's far superior than what's been traditionally used. And so you, when you get a pair of Chisos first, and you'll, mm -hmm. you'll experience this when you come in and try them on, mm -hmm. um, you know, there's this thickness to the leather, but there's also this, this softness to it that sets it apart from, there's, you know, you, you don't have to wear it for three months to break it in. I was just going to ask, I bet it, I, it kind of expedites the process, right? With uh, kind of that story told behind it uh, in those, in those boots. So exactly. that's really cool. Really, really dig that. Um, and then, you know, just, just thinking about you were down there for three months has entrepreneurship and just things in general, do you have a story, maybe just fun place, either a trip or people you've met through Chisos in the past two plus years? A lot. Um, you know, one thing, I mean, there's the, of course, you know, I, I love uh, Mexican culture. I've been doing, you know, as a Texan, right. I grew up kind of drenched in it. And, um, mm -hmm. Oh, you know, one, one thing, and I'm just gonna, I'll just call this out. Sometimes people say, well, why don't you make them here? Or are there other places here, you know, in the United States and, and um, you know, number one, it's like, well, you know, I, I grew up, these are neighbors and there's such a shared yeah. culture here with Texas, especially. Um, but it's also who was welcome and who was open to me. And, you know, honestly, mm -hmm. I, I feel like I have way more in common uh, with uh, our neighbors to the South than I do with someone, you know, in New York or New Jersey, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll just say the way it is. Um, and, you know, so there's this, um, the, one of the things that I love when I go down there and I always meet new groups, you know, we, it's very, you know, the culture is very big on let's meet, let's talk about families, let's get to know each other, then we'll get to business. And so part yeah. of that is we always go out to dinner and they'll always bring out something they'll be like, oh, well, we're going to, this is so spicy. You, I don't know if you can handle this, you know, like, you know, gringo, like it's, it's, it, and they'll eat this. And they're like, this is a jalapeno. <laughs> <laughs> right. And you're laughing because of course, you know, we eat yeah. jalapenos, yeah. you know, five times a day here in Texas. So I'll eat it and be like, no big deal. And they're like, oh. Okay, so they'll go back to the kitchen and they'll get some other hot, you know, pepper and and eventually they'll bring eventually out, they get you. <laughs> eventually, yeah, they bring out some habanero that's been like yeah. soaked in you know in, in ghost yeah. pepper, and it just kills me. And I'm you know I'm crying and I'm on the ground and and it's hilarious. They've won, but also I kind of held my own, and it's just it's this great bonding experience. And of course, you know the um. So there's this this aspect of that that I never tire of. Um, mm -hmm. And then, and then, you know, there's, there's the, the Jesus community. I mean, during the pandemic that was happening last yeah. year, 
we had a, a, I got an email from one of our customers and he was like, Hey, do you have any recommendations for a big bend? And I was like, Oh yeah, definitely here. Here's, here's the, you know, some trails and here's some stuff. And then like a couple of weeks later, he said, are you guys going to be in the shop tomorrow? And I was like, yeah, of course. And he showed up. He's from Chicago. Really? So he, <laughs> he and his wife road tripped from Chicago down to the Chisos mountains in West Texas. Cruised in Austin on the way back. And, uh, and they wanted to say hi, you know, and we had a, you know, our, we had a Memorial day party earlier this year. We raised money for the Texas military forces museum in Austin, which is a nice, great nonprofit. We had people that drove in. We had people that come down here from, from El Paso, uh, which is a long drive from, from, from Dallas, but these guys came from Arizona and another one came from Arkansas. I mean, it's, 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 it's even non-Texans and there, there's just something different about that group of people that are like, Hey, I want to be involved in a small business. That's doing some stuff that kind of aligns with the way they, they live their lives. Nice. Well, I'm going to be checking everybody for the, the red, uh, red line, right. On the, on the boot <laughs> right there. There's a lot um, of them walking around Austin. Keep your eyes I, open. I can imagine. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, just for the, the listeners, um, Men's and women's, there's some boots, and then there's some other product lines. I saw some cool hats, shirts, uh, a lot of great stuff at, at Chisos.com. Um, I guess any parting words, uh, it's, I can only imagine it's been an interesting two years with launching and then literally within six months a pandemic starts. Um, any parting words uh, to anyone looking to jump into a business from any, anything you've gained since the lemonade stand, the screen printing, uh, or the boots, anything you, you wish you maybe uh, knew? I know a lot of aspiring maybe entrepreneurs maybe people think about take the leap listen so i always get to get advice from those that have done been there and done that i mean listen i i don't really know what the hell i'm doing going forward <laughs> <laughs> i could turn around and say maybe i've done that thing a couple of times but you know whatever i say one thing with advice is always advice is only whatever worked for that person yeah. you know and so when the world changes that advice is often outdated um so one of the things that uh, so, so apply that to whatever I'm about to say, which is that this is probably already outdated. Um, I think maybe there's, there's a, there's a couple of things that I would say to my, to my younger self, which is that, um, you, every one of us has access to some competitive advantage of knowledge. We're exposed to something that other people don't fully understand yet. And that when you have conviction about the way the world is changing, don't let other people talk you out of it. Um, you know, this is, you know, there's a, there's, you know, this is, I'm saying this is someone who had a company in cryptocurrency and everyone thought it was the dumbest thing that I could possibly do. And uh, it's, you know, since then, of course, I've moved over to leather goods, you know, which is quite a transition, but it, 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 it was this idea of that, you know, I was in the right place at the right time and I was exposed to some information. You know, you, I remember like, even when I was younger, like 10 years ago, I wanted to open a coffee shop in Austin and I got talked out of it because people were like, this is another piece of advice where people were like, mm, there's already eight coffee shops here. There's not enough. Like if there's too many, I mean, you'll, 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 no one can support you. And now there's like fucking 47 of them. Yeah. Um, but the other so all the busy, other, they're all busy too. Yeah, <laughs> right. They're all busy. The next piece of that is, so this piece of advice, I remember when I was starting the boot company, which is that the way that you do something is going to be unique, you know, like there's 47 or however many coffee shops in Austin, they're all different. You know, you walk in and there's a different flavor to it. It's the same thing when we're doing the boots, right? There's 300 boot makers in, in the Southern United States. If you include independent wow. guys, right. 
Um, but they're all doing it a little different, a little, so you can certainly carve out your, your niche. Um, uh, so that's, so the, the first piece is like, you know, think about what you have access to. The second piece is that the way you do something is going to be different. And then maybe the third one would be to make sure you think through the business model. You know, one of the things with, with Chisos is that I'm like, I want to build a boot that like, you never have to buy another one. Well, <laughs> that's great for the consumer. It's harder to run a business that way. Um, you know, and then there was a little bit of ignorance here where I was like, you know, if you, if you skews, so, you know, the individual units, right. I was like, Oh, I'm only launching with you know, a couple of boots. Well, one boot has got 15 sizes. And then if you have widths, yeah. now it's 30 sizes. And what if you offered it in two colors? Now that's 60 different pairs of boots that you, you know, different products that you are creating. And, and as opposed to just like one cup of coffee, everyone drinks the same. Yeah. Coffee. Yeah. No, that, that is a good way to look at it for sure. That's definitely, definitely good advice. Well, awesome. Uh, just for the listeners, again, it's chisos.com, C-H-I-S-O-S.com. Find them on the socials. Uh, Will, I look forward to coming by. You'll, you'll see me before Thanksgiving. That's my goal here. Um, and uh, like I said, it's between the one and two tan. Um, I'm looking forward to, but thanks so much for your time and looking forward to watching uh, Chisos grow here. Yeah. Thank you. Can't wait to uh, have you down to the shop. Awesome. Sounds good. Thanks for listening, everyone.